It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. All right, welcome to Money for Lunch. Man, I am excited. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about it, but there's a new documentary, and uh, it's called Game Changers, and you can check it out at GameChangersMovie.com, GameChangersMovie.com. It is uh, presented by James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Jackie Chan, and they're talking about the misconceptions of nutrition and specifically uh, how eating, you know, tons of meat is, was a marketing thing and that, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, anyway, I got to preview the movie. It is a game changer. It, it'll blow you away. Uh, a, a lot of the myths are, let me rephrase it, they're not myths. A lot of the uh, um, things that we thought were, were correct you know, may make you want to go, hmm. Uh, and so it's just kind of a, a neat little documentary. It's called GameChangersMovie.com. GameChangersMovie.com. Check it out there. I think you'll enjoy it. And it is um, uh, coming out, uh, I think, on Netflix pretty soon. Either way, it's going to be in selected theaters, uh, starting uh, yesterday and uh, anyway if you're into nutrition if you're into possibly uh, looking at other alternatives to uh, the standard way of people thinking uh, then game changer movie gamechangersmovie.com may be for you check it out uh, I, I enjoyed it all right Let's get this party started with the quote of the day. The quote of the day comes from um, uh, it comes from Jackson B. Jackson B. from Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much, Jackson, for sending this out to us. Um, security is mostly a superstition. It does not exist in nature, nor do the children of men as a whole experience it. Avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. Helen Keller. Security is mostly a superstition. It does not exist in nature, nor do the children of men as a whole experience it. Avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. Again, attributed to Helen Keller. Very powerful. Let's get it started. Being joined today by Francis Jackson. Francis Jackson is a lawyer who specializes in disability law for those seeking veterans' disability benefits as well as Social Security disability benefits. A founding partner of Jackson McNichol, he has been featured in NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox network affiliates around the country. He most recently appeared as a guest of Ben Glass on the Consumer Advocate Show discussing benefits for veterans and social security disability benefits and how his practice allows him to make a difference in the lives of people facing disabilities. He's also been quoted in USA Today, 
and is uh, enlisted in Cambridge Who's Who. Mr. Jackson was honored by the National Academy of Bestselling Authors with a Quilly Award for his contribution as the joint author in Amazon bestselling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about protecting one's rights to veteran disability benefit compensation. Also in 2017, Mr. Jackson was inducted into America's most trusted lawyers for his outstanding work in disability. Francis Jackson, welcome back to Money for Lunch. Thanks so much, Bert. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Well, you know, I, I'm always excited to have you on the show. Um, I, uh, I never get tired of uh, telling people about, uh, about what you guys do uh, for our veterans. Um, and if somebody's interested, they can check out veteransbenefits.com, veteransbenefits.com for more information about what you guys do. Um, I wanted to ask you right off the top, and uh, see if there was any new developments regarding the the VA's hotline. Um, and it's, uh, I believe the VA's hotline is 800-273-8255. Talk about this. Sure. Um, as you may recall, we've talked about uh, the hotline before. It's obviously a, an excellent idea. They had some problems initially with kind of the, the implementation of the idea, if you will. But um, it seems to be doing much better. The Inspector General, uh, the Veterans Affairs Department Inspector General, did a recent uh, analysis and said that they had, they had improved quite a bit since the initial recommendations that were made by, uh, by the uh, Inspector General regarding the hotline operation. And he talked about um, a combination of things that have been done. One was to move the hotline into the umbrella of the mental health section, and they pointed out the importance of that because what they've done now is to bring more clinical expertise from the mental health folks to bear on, on this issue. And they've kind of married that, if you will, with the with some business expertise to make the mechanics of it work better. You you may recall, you and I talked at one point about how uh, it was a fairly complicated setup originally. You know, you, you call this number and then you dial this and then you dial that. And, and that's not really good given what uh, what the purpose of the hotline was. So they, they've improved that. And the uh, they've made some mechanical improvements that are significant as well. For example, when they first started out, when a person would call, the person handling the call would have to would have to write down the, the, the number they were calling from, and now that's all automated and happens mechanically so that if the person hangs up before they uh, really have a chance to talk to them from the hotline, then they at least have the number the person was calling from so they can follow up with the local authorities and, and send someone to check on them. Um, so, you know, generally speaking, it, it, has, uh, it has improved. Um, and the, uh, the folks at the Inspector General's office uh, concluded that all the recommendations they originally made had been carried out. And it, it improved so much, they really only had one recommendation uh, this in this time around, 
And that was to look at ways to improve the situation when you have the kind of situation I just described where a person calls in, you've gotten the number, but they hang up or, um, or otherwise go off the phone without giving you address and other information. And so they're, they're looking at ways to, to mechanize and automate um, getting that information from the, from the phone number so that they can respond more effectively. But overall, um, the inspector general this time gave them really high marks, and I, I think that's well-deserved. I think they're making a real effort to, uh, to provide an important, um, in, in fact, critical service the veterans in crisis. Absolutely. So this this 800-273-8255, this hotline, is this a specific suicide hotline or is this for anybody that's looking to get, uh, you know, maybe uh, be directed? Uh, is it, uh, you know, to maybe, I don't know, uh, talk with a therapist or uh, or is it specific for, for suicide? Well, that's that that's the the generic veterans hotline, but it will it will um, the operator there can put you to the suicide uh, hotline. Okay, great. All right. So it's either way eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Please, everybody, share that hotline. Let's get uh, as much help as we can to our veterans. And, and speaking of hotline of suicides, I'm sorry. Speaking of suicide, um, are there any new developments regarding? suicide among our vets? I know at one point it was uh, fairly high, like 22 a day. What's happening there? It's still high, Bert, and one of the things that the, uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs has been doing is to try to research this and to figure out some of the factors that go into that. And one very interesting thing they've just come up with as a result of a recent study, they found that the, the rate of suicide among veterans that have a traumatic brain injury is more than double that of other veterans. Okay. And they, they, they looked at all the, uh, or not all, they, they looked at a, a, a very large number of veterans who got care through the Veterans Health Administration in the entire decade from 2005 to 2015. And they compared the uh, suicide statistics for folks with traumatic brain injury versus other uh, psychiatric or medical conditions in in these suicide cases. And what they found was that uh, veterans with moderate or severe traumatic brain injury were two and a half times more likely to die by suicide than those who did not. And the, uh, you talked about the rate. Um, during that 10-year period, the suicide rate was 86 per 100,000 um, for those with TBI and 37 per 100,000 for those who did not have TBI. And so it's, uh, it's you know, as you can see, dramatically higher. Um, there was also a, a finding that I don't think really carries a lot of weight, uh, but sort of interesting, 68% uh, of all the suicides use guns, 78% of those with brain injuries use guns, but I don't, I don't think that's really the important part. The part that I thought was important, um, they, they don't arrive at 
in, in the study, they don't arrive at any conclusions about causation, about why the rate would be higher. But if you look at the general literature about folks with a traumatic brain injury, I think there is probably an explanation there. Um, the general literature about traumatic brain injury suggests that one of the key features of traumatic brain injury is a reduction or loosening in the uh, executive functions that inhibit rash behavior. So uh, folks with traumatic brain injuries, for example, are much more prone to aggressive outbursts, yelling, and so on. Because they don't have that filter that most of us have that says, wait a minute, maybe I shouldn't do this. And I, I think I think when you look at that factor in relation to suicide, you can see where that would be a significant factor, in my opinion, in why there would be more suicides among those with TBI. They don't have that inhibiting, well, let's stop and think about this for a minute, um, kind, of, uh, kind of function where right. it is reduced or, or, or damaged in those folks. And so I think, you know, I think you can see that, I mean, suicides tend as a rule to be sort of spur of the moment things. I mean, there, there are certainly some where people carefully methodically plan it out, but that's, that's the exception. So I think, you know, the fact that these folks are less likely to stop and think about what they do is probably part of the explanation. You know, I, I'm not a, a psychological researcher or anything, but that's, that's what strikes me as, as being a likely contributing factor here. Yeah, no, I think that's, to me, that makes total sense. Um, you know, and, and it's, uh, what do you call it? it it's just, um, I don't know, I, I guess it's just one of the, the, what do you call it, side effects uh, of having a traumatic brain injury, a TBI. Uh, and uh, hopefully they can focus on that and figure something out. You know, one of the great things about America is that time and time and time again, when energy and focus is uh, applied, they solve the most unsolvable problems, right? Uh, from getting people into, to, into space to, uh, you know, being able to manage, uh, what do you call it, AIDS and uh, constantly innovating medicine or, you know, or technology. So hopefully somebody out there will be able to uh, be able to uh, focus and, and uh, come up with a solution for, you know, I don't know what it would be, but somehow in, uh, maybe restore that part of the brain or be able to do something so maybe we can, I don't know, find a reduction for those guys. That would be wonderful. That's certainly very good. And you're right. You know, one of the one of the amazing things about our country is when we put our minds to it, we can do pretty incredible things. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk about this, and this is, again, another sensitive topic, um, you know, the military has had a few headlines regarding sexual assault in the military. Um, is there still a problem 
in, in, in regarding sexual assault uh, in, the, in the military, which, which is affecting the veterans as well? There, there certainly is, Bert, and the, 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 uh, the sort of unusual part is it's, it's kind of not what people were expecting. Um, there's a new study out uh, from the, from the, uh, from the military, um, and the Defense Department's uh, Sexual Assault Prevention and Response Office did a, did a big study, and what really caught everybody off guard was that um, the primary victims of sexual assault in the military surprisingly have been men. And you know, if, you, if you stop and think about the numbers, that makes sense. But, you know, what we tend to hear about is uh, sexual assaults against women. Sure. And certainly there's, there's been a lot of that, but um, there has also been a lot of sexual assault against young men, and that has not gotten the same kind of publicity. In fact, uh, there was a, an interesting comment, I thought, by the, the guy who is now the deputy director for the Sexual Assault Prevention Response Office, and he, he said very candidly that when the study came out, it was surprising to senior le- to senior le- leadership. Everyone was uh, was sure this was a woman's issue, but um, <coughs> when you when you just think about the the enormous disparity in numbers between males and females in the in the military, even though it's a lower percentage with men, there are so many more men that there are actually roughly similar numbers of of victims. And you know, I had not really grasp that myself, even though we've seen a number of cases that we've handled in the office that involved sexual assaults against men and the the resulting emotional trauma. Uh, but um, it's it's really a, a a big problem and and one of the one of the biggest parts of the problem is you know they, there's a lot of talk uh, in the media about women not coming forward uh, in sexual assault cases because of the, the shame and stigma and so on. And that's even worse for men. I mean, you know, it, it, uh, it goes to the very core of some people's views of their masculinity. So it, sure. it really is a huge, huge problem in terms of getting, uh, getting people to report it. But there, there are a number of cases that have been reported. Uh, and one of the things that, is, is slowly turning around. Now that the leadership folks have been forced to look at this, they're paying more attention. One of the things that used to happen, and I, I have heard our clients who suffered these kinds of attacks talk about it, and the study has the same, same comments, that um, for a long time, the military basically just ignored reports of sexual assault against men. Uh, Wait, say that again? That, that the military courts ignore? ignored? Not, not the courts, the military. Um, uh, you know, so assaults by, say, a, a sergeant on a, on a private, for example, would just go completely uh, ignored. They, they wouldn't be right. investigated. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be followed up at all. 
and that at least uh, seems to be getting resolved. So hopefully the entire problem is going to improve some. We'll see. You know, un- unfortunately, as, as, as you know, humans are less than perfect, and there are always going to be some folks who prey on those who are in a position where they are exposed, but, you know, it's uh, fully going to uh, going to improve. They're at least focusing on the issue, and that sort of has to be the start, so hopefully it will right. improve. Yeah, uh, let's hope it does improve. You know, it just, it's, it is, uh, to me, it, it's, it's, what do you call it, uh, two sides of a bad coin. So, you have uh, these men uh, who are being attacked, and of course, uh, with all the stuff that you just talked about. And then on the other side of that coin is that you have obviously a bunch of men who feel that this is um, okay conduct, for lack of better terms, that uh, assaulting other men, or in, in some cases, women, is um, you know is going to be okay. And apparently, if if the military is not taking things very seriously, or they're turning deaf ears to a bunch of you know to to the men victims, to the male victims, um, you know, it's just you know, I guess they're in one sense they're right that you know, hey, I, I can I can behave like this, I'm going to get away with it, um, and so hopefully, yeah, hopefully again they'll put some energy and focus on that because. It's one thing to fight the enemy. It's another thing to have to worry about who you have to fight within your own ranks. That's true. Um, well, let's talk about uh, something maybe not as heavy. Let's talk about uh, veterans with back problems. What's happening there? Any new developments? Well, some disappointing developments, if really. Um, there's a, there's a report that just came out, uh, again, from the Office of the Inspector General. And this time it's about the uh, handling of claims uh, involving, uh, you know, in, injuries or, or complaints of function regarding the spine. And the, uh, the importance of this is that this is one of the top ten uh, conditions that veterans uh, report as, as being service-related, problems with the, with the spine. Um, and so the uh, Office of the Inspector General looked at a sample of the about one and a half million um, uh, veterans who have been granted service connection for disabilities involving the spine up through September of 2018. And they studied um, that group, and they, they decided that in that time, uh, from January 1st to June 30th of 2018, uh, the VA processed about 125,000 VA claims relating to uh, the spine. And the part that I thought was uh, more significant than I would have expected was that they found that half of them were wrong. They got half of them wrong. Wow. Which is pretty amazing. And so they uh, they said that of the ones they looked at, um, 
the, 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 the sample, the, uh, the half that they got wrong, the uh, 35,000 they got wrong, uh, they said that about 30,000 of those contained a processing error that may have affected the amount of benefits uh, to be paid to the veteran, but because of the nature of the errors, they couldn't determine what specific amount of benefits had been underpaid or, in some cases, possibly overpaid. But what they did do was to identify uh, a lot of uh, problems in, in the way it's it's handled. And the the uh, the problems that they identified are are similar to some of the things we've talked about before. The VA basically has um, too many cases, too few people, not enough time, and so mistakes get made. They pointed out that what uh, happens is that these folks uh, often get sent out for examinations, and frequently the exam results are inadequate or not uh, don't cover all of the required points, and because people are under the gun to get these things done and have big files waiting ahead of them, a lot of times they don't just send it back and say, oh, no, do this over again. They just take the exam as it came in and try to work with it. And the result, of course, is that there are potential errors. So um, the uh, VA uh, folks have, have issued a bunch of recommendations um, but uh, you know it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to overstate the importance of paying attention to and appealing in those cases when you have a fifty percent error rate. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's an, it's unfortunate. I mean, fifty percent just it is crazy to me. It's laughable to me that the military doesn't just go, okay, this error is even too big for us. This is this is so big that it's not you know, it's not even good enough for the military, right? I mean, it, that's just crazy. And, and and to me, not to put you on the spot, but to me it tells me a lot about why veterans need legal representation, doesn't it? I mean, it just seems like when you have this huge military complex, people are constantly falling in between the cracks. They're being stepped over. They're, you know, they're all these things. And some of them are because, again, people are callous. They're busy. They they're, as you mentioned, they're under pressure. They just don't have the time to do it right. So it has to be done over and over again, doesn't that just scream that our veterans, unfortunately, need to be represented? Unfortunately, Bert, that's that's often the case, and as as we know from our our own practice, uh, a lot of times there are errors, and what has to be done is to appeal. And, you know the. The problem, as you and I have talked about, is that the appeals process, even with the recent changes, is still quite slow. We're talking in terms of years. And so uh, 
lot of people just get discouraged and, and try to find another way to cope. So it's it is unfortunate, and as you say, it uh, it really um, requires that there are folks who uh, who represent veterans and, and look at these cases and say, okay, you know, I think they got it wrong on this one, and we need to we need to appeal it and pursue it. Um, and it's just uh, it's just unfortunate, really. Yeah, it is unfortunate, and. You know, again, it's, it's just, it is the system that we have right now. And uh, I'm grateful, I'm grateful that the government allows people like you and your law firm to be able to step in and help our veterans. That, that at least they've acknowledged that, hey, we're going to have problems, we're not going to be able to correct them all we're not even going to be able to handle them all. So we better allow the veterans some outside help. And that's really where you guys come in because in some other countries, you don't get that opportunity. You, you don't get a chance to hire an attorney to help you with a problem when you're having to try to go against the department, um, the military department. And so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that you guys are out there helping our veterans. And it just, you know, every time I talk to you, it just blows me away in, you know, some of the stuff that happens. And, again, it's it's a combination of it's, as you said, it's it's just a lot of people that are being processed or de- dealing with. They're, they're under uh, – some of these people have good intentions, but they're very limited in resources. They're, they're given just a few minutes to try to handle one person, and you're going to have you're going to have screw ups, uh, as you mentioned. You know the you know our government and military is no different. Uh, our you know is run by defective people. That's all we have to work with, and I'm I'm again grateful that. Uh, that you guys are out there protecting our veterans, and uh, as always, uh, Francis, I'm you know I'm glad that you stopped by and, and kind of caught us up on what's happening with uh, with our with the uh, veterans, the hotline, the uh, and, and the other issues that they're facing. Well, thanks, Bert. It's always a pleasure. All righty, good stuff there from Francis Jackson, lawyer for veterans, uh, and you can find out more about Francis Jackson at veteransbenefits.com please let's share this episode with everyone we know i mean even even if that veteran and their family tell you that they're doing fine you know what that means we're not having any problems life is good we're getting along say hey i know you don't have any problems but you know i want you to get this information and at least hold on to it just in case and maybe when they're tired of suffering in silence, or maybe when one of their buddies need help, they can give them veteransbenefits.com. They can reach out to Francis and his team. It's confidential. It's free to talk. Francis is, as you can tell, kind of a, an easygoing guy. He's, you know, he's there to help. He's there to help our veterans. He's, help, he's there to help their families. Veteransbenefits.com. I can't say it enough. Let's help our brave men and women get 
the benefits they deserve. That's all. That's all that uh, Francis and his team want to do. They just want to help these veterans get the benefits they deserve. And of course, the hotline, I'm going to put the hotline in the show notes as well. That's 800-273-8255, veteransbenefits.com. 800-273-8255 is the hotline for the VA, not to confuse the two. So you have the VA hotline and then you have veteransbenefits.com, two separately, two separate entities. They're not, uh, what do you call it, associated with each other. And uh, as always, my friends, thank you so much for stopping by. Again, let's share this episode. Very important information. Let's help as many people understand that there's somebody out there to help our veterans. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.